everyone, and welcome back to Industrial Theory. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm happy you're here. I'm even happier to introduce my guest, Mr. Hans Borgt. Hans is a good friend of mine and my partner in crime. If you don't know Hans, you'll enjoy this episode. He works for Dow Chemical, where he is responsible for the strategic initiatives and the technical aspects of industrial cleaning for all of Dow. As you know, Dow has been a driving force in the hands-free hydroblasting movement, and Hans has been the one within Dow to really push this forward um, along with some of his colleagues. He is also a board member of SEER, which is the Industrial Cleaning Safety Association based in, uh, in the Benelux. He is the president of the EWJI, the European Water Jetting Institute, which is what we talk about today. He's also my co-founder of the Global Industrial Cleaning Coalition, the GICC. Uh, he and I came together to found this along with, uh, with our safety associations, SEER and the WJTA, a few years ago. Uh, and a group of us have gotten together to lead the effort of developing basic global standards around high-pressure water jetting, industrial vacuuming, and most recently, chemical cleaning. And we've got a lot of other things in the works. It's great working with him and the other steering committee members on the GICC. So Hans is very inspiring. He's done all kinds of great things for our industry. And I'm so excited for you to get to know him a little bit better and learn a little bit more about what the EWJI is doing. So hang tight and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Hans, I'm so glad you're on the show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me for this podcast. I've been looking forward to having you on the show for a long time, and uh, it's great to see all the things that you're doing with the European Water Jetting Association, or Institute, I'm sorry, and uh, and I know that you are uh, a big part of the shift that's been happening. So. I want to talk a little bit about that today, but first let's jump into um, a little bit about you. So can you briefly tell us about who you are and what you do? So uh, my name is uh, Hans Borgt, uh, married with uh, Jan Li Zhang uh, for now almost 10 years. So our anniversary is uh, upcoming. Uh, my background is uh, I've got a bachelor in chemical engineering. Uh, after my study, I started working in the industrial automation space uh, for about 10 years, uh, after which I started working for Dow in the industrial cleaning space. And that's really where my journey in towards industrial cleaning started. Uh, within Dow, at the moment, I'm responsible for the strategic and uh, technical uh, development and long-term strategies that we have. Uh, besides uh, my activities for Dow, I'm also a board member of SIR, uh, where I'm the secretary of the board. Uh, I'm part of the GICC. Uh, of course, you know, because we are both co-founders of that organization. And uh, since July this year, I'm the president from the European Water Jetting Institute. I remember when I first met you, and uh, <laughs> I think it was in 2008, uh, when you came to Durango. And I remember having this conversation about 
how we were going to automate the water, uh, automate and move to hands-free in the water blasting industry. And, and there were a lot of people who didn't believe that you could get it done. And wow, here we are, you know, 12 years later, and there's been such an impact. And so I've loved watching your journey. And I've also loved being part of it uh, and helping you really influence it. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's mutual. That's from both sides. Uh, I remember the first time uh, that we had a more open discussion also with other people. It was back in 2008, I think, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, at the, the Pumpers and Cleaners trade show, where I almost had the idea that I was annoying people with my story that automation is the way to the future. And a lot of people told me, not in your lifetime, it's going to happen. But let's see where we are now. <laughs> yes, well, we're definitely making an impact and it's, it's fantastic. Well, that leads into my next question. So why are you so passionate about industrial cleaning safety and technology? Uh, there are, uh, to be honest, there are multiple answers. One of the uh, items why I personally... Uh, feel such a commitment is because I've seen too many incidents in industry. I've been part of uh, some serious uh, investigations after incidents within our DAO organization. And especially when it's involving people who you know, it really is getting to you. And at some point I had the idea that it needs to stop. The, the high risk, we need to create an environment for people uh, which is safer where they can do their work on a better way and really to help the complete industry. That's one part of it, the, the, the personal part. Another part, of course, I'm working for Dow. I see that there are a lot of benefits by doing the work better, faster, and to a higher quality. Uh, and to achieve that, there needs to be developments, uh, technical, but also uh, work-wise. Uh, and then, of course, so we have safety, we have efficiency, but also at the end of the day, sustainability. Equipment that isn't being cleaned as it should be is creating additional uh, usage of uh, energy, uh, which creates uh, carbon dioxide. But also, if you don't use the most optimal cleaning method, uh, excessive use of water, uh, diesel uh, to under pumps, things like that. So I think it's the complete package, uh, we can make an impact. Sustainability, safety, and quality efficiency. Yeah, I think that's really important. Uh, as we started this endeavor, I think the focus was really on safety. Yeah. And while that is incredibly important, it's not always compelling, especially for um, you know, parts of the world where labor is, um, is a lot less expensive than maybe in the United States and Europe. And so, you know, there's pushback to investing in technology when people are a lot less expensive. And, uh, and so now that we've been able to really prove that there are efficiencies to be gained and significant efficiencies to be gained by using technology, the combination together is really, is really the story that needs to be told. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And uh, like you said, uh, back in 2009, I was only working for Dow at that time two years. We had a severe incident that was really the line in the sand. We said, uh, till here and no further, we need to get people out of that line of fire because 
we don't want to be uh, the asset owner, uh, the, the person who gives an order to perform work that is creating a very hazardous situation for people working. Uh, I think you and maybe some of your uh, listeners uh, know that uh, we as DAO, uh, I think we are one of the few companies that really have a global uh, set of guidelines, which is valid not only for the US or Europe, but even in countries like Middle East, Africa, India, uh, to uh, work on a certain level of safety for people who are performing work for us. Uh, within DAO, uh, hydro blasting and pressure washing is being seen as one of the life critical standards because of the high risk of activity. Yeah. Well, that's the whole premise of the Global Industrial Cleaning Coalition. It <laughs> is just that, right? There's uh, multinational uh, end user asset owners who are saying, why can't we have the same level of safety and quality of clean from one, one facility to the next? And that can be from, you know, country to country, obviously here in the US, it's very different outside of, you know, let's say the Gulf Coast. Uh, and then you go into some of these other countries. And I think that that is uh, go country by country, especially Middle East, Southeast Asia, and so uh, that's really where the premise came from of, of creating the seven basic principles and, and how do we create the fundamental guidelines that everybody can use so we can start to advance um, better safety practices throughout the industry. So I think Dow is, uh, you know, I, I, you're really part of leading all of that, um, of that change. Yeah, but uh, I want to try to see it a little bit broader than only my role is, of course. Uh, there are a lot of asset owners more and more, I'm happy to say, that have the same idea, the same vision, and the same drive, because it's also a passion to uh, work in that space. Uh, like you said, there are a lot of countries, uh, region by region, it's difficult. Uh, that was one of the reasons that we founded the GICC, but if I look at more uh, focused on Europe, if we really focus on Europe, the only countries that have well-established guidelines at the moment is uh, the UK, is uh, Netherlands, Belgium, and it's France. The rest uh, have something or are working towards something. So the reason that we have an organization like EWGI is the same that like the GICC is trying to help the whole world. Uh, EWGI is trying to help the founding of uh, safety associations in regions where there isn't anything, but at least getting people to a certain level of uh, qualification, safety, and uh, working, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that's a good segue into the EWJI. <laughs> uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about the organization? The EWGI, which stands, uh, like mentioned before, for the European Water Jetting Institute, has founded uh, back in 2013. And it uh, is broader than only a safety association. So in Europe, we have a few safety associations that are doing tremendous good work and really are uh, progressing. But uh, the, there was a lack to have an organization that... Uh, showcase the benefits and help the complete water jetting industry as a whole, just like the WGTA does in the US, where we try to be a platform where not only uh, safety associations, but also asset owners, uh, manufacturers of equipment, 
the users of the equipment and the end users of the activities are being represented. Besides that, we also have uh, reached out more and more towards uh, the academic world. Uh, we are also trying to get involved to, uh, in Europe, you have uh, what they call normalization institutes, which are creating uh, regulations, guidelines, norms, uh, requirements for industry. Uh, we are in the midst of becoming member of what they call the CENTC 197. That's the overarching organization of technical committees that uh, discuss everything that has to do with uh, high pressure water. Uh, from pumps, hoses, fittings, and everything in between. Uh, at uh, some point, that's now about uh, a year ago, uh, more than a year, one and a half year ago, uh, we had a meeting, and at that time there wasn't really a mission and a vision for the EWDI. So what we had was that uh, different asset owners who were attending the annual meeting, and uh, I think most of you are familiar, uh, people from Total, BASF, Evonik, uh, Vinova, so the larger chemical industry in Europe that's really has a demand for uh, safety, but also quality improvement and efficiency improvement came together. And what we really did was to create a mission and a vision, which we think uh, should be the basis for an EWGI. And gladly in May 2019, the complete organization, the, the board at that time, uh, approved that uh, vision that we had and created the mission and vision statement, as can be found on our website. And uh, we started working on uh, prioritizing because it's a very broad field. Uh, also, in the same time, uh, end of 2019, we started to include safety associations as a separate part. So we had the manufacturer suppliers of equipment, we had the asset owners, like I just mentioned, the, the users of the equipment, but we really missed that part, which is uh, the safety associations. Because at the end of the day, EWGI isn't to replace any existing organizations, but to support them where possible. Yeah. So uh, at the beginning of, of the year of 2020, uh, it, it looked like the EWAJI was close to dissolving despite all of the efforts of the boards to create a vision, mission, and, and, and a plan. So why did you step into a leadership role and how are you reviving the organization? Uh, personally, I think at that time, uh, our largest problem that we didn't have a clear list of priorities we needed to follow. And the second thing that we really missed was we had too little, too late in our deliverables towards our members. If you want to be such an organization, you need to create additional value for your members. And that cannot be if uh, you're only like a discussion group, but without any outcome. Uh, I think part of the fact that we didn't create any deliverables was uh, the type and the lack of leadership at that time. Um, of course, uh, you also know, as soon as you uh, started preaching the word and you say, we can improve, uh, at some time people say, okay, give it a shot and let me let us see how we can do that. 
So that really happened. And at that time, I took over leadership from our previous president. And since then, we started with uh, educational sessions uh, in the form of webinars. We defined seven major topics where we want to make uh, improvement and create deliverables uh, that are uh, health and safety, of course. So I'm glad to uh, let you know that uh, by uh, we expect March this year, uh, next year, uh, there will be a health and safety guide which will be uh, available uh, and also will be uh, distributed partly by the European OSHA organization. Uh, a second topic we discussed is uh, training and certification. We are working together with a very motivated, a nice group of people to see how we can help areas where there isn't any training certification in, uh, available to at least start working to get people up to the level of the seven basic principles, uh, varying from uh, Greece uh, till uh, Sweden and everything in between uh, that area. Uh, so we are making a, a good uh, progress on that space. Then the next one is automation. Uh, that's really a question that comes out of the uh, asset owner world. Uh, how, what kind of automation are we still missing? What kind of development of technology are we missing? And can an organization like EWGI, where all the different parties are coming together, uh, help to put out a roadmap where development uh, should lead to? And what's really, where is the, the requirement, where is the necessity? Then uh, hydroblasting isn't only uh, high pressure cleaning, of course, also hydro demolition is a very large part, especially in Europe, uh, where we have uh, a lot of manufacturers of very good equipment in that space. So that's also one part, hydro demolition. Then uh, in Europe, we have guidelines and requirements towards hoses and fittings. But the problem with those are that they are really focused on new hoses and not how to use. So we are working together with the, the major host manufacturers. Two of them also have uh, representatives in Europe uh, to see if we can create some guidance for people how to use uh, hoses, how to handle them, how to maintain them, and even when possible, where is it possible for repair or uh, improvement on hoses. Uh, the outcome of that working group will be uh, a guidance document which would be available for everybody, not only for the EWDI members. Environmental and sustainability. This working group is focusing on how the environmental and sustainable impact of hydro blasting and power washing can be optimized. Uh, you need to think that uh, during the hydroblasting, a lot of potable water is being used and a lot of waste is generated. If we can recycle that water, we limit the amount of potable water that is being used and we limit, of course, the waste that is generated. Besides that, uh, if we optimize the use of fuel to power the high pressure pump, that also has a large impact. And long term, if you can optimize the cleaning cycles, that will limit the amount of energy needed to operate your processes. So it's all a combination. And we are trying to 
create best practices in that space. And then the last book, the seventh one, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, is uh, high pressure pumps. Uh, within the high pressure pumps, uh, if we look at the European area, there are different requirements, guidelines, but not all of those are harmonized. So cycling back to the CENTC 197, that's the reason we want to be part of such an organization to at least make uh, clear uh, and improve and harmonize the different guidelines requirements towards equipment. Yeah. So that's great. Those are all very tactical, important things. Uh, and, and you've done a great job of marketing them and, and getting the EWJI front and center. But what's the long-term vision? Where do you see this going? Uh, first, before I answer that question, uh, what I need to say is that all the working groups that we have, the seven different working groups, are being uh, uh, filled with people uh, who are very passionate in their different fields. Uh, they are open for anybody who thinks they can create additional value for the industry. So you don't even need to be a member of the EWGI to help us. Of course, we, we like people to become a member of the EWGI, but uh, that's a completely different side. Towards your question, where do I want the EWGI uh, to grow to? That's really a, a global recognized organization that can help create a safer workplace and a more a better view towards a high pressure water jetting. And even broader than that, uh, maybe even at some time we can start uh, to look at other uh, really uh, close types of activities to include. And I think uh, uh, being recognized, having good collaboration with the West of the organizations around the world uh, working together to create a safer, uh, more efficient, uh, better workplace. So uh, cycling back, uh, sustainability, environmental is one. Safety is the first one for my personally and more efficient, uh, higher quality. So if we can support uh, to create that in the water blasting world, I think everybody would be happy. At least I would be a very proud president Absolutely. And so how does that translate into what you want to get done in 2021? So in 2021, uh, like everybody, we, we are really uh, influenced by the, the COVID uh, situation. Uh, normally, we would have in May uh, our annual meeting, which would uh, take place in uh, Sweden this time. Uh, what our goals are for 2021 is... Uh, all seven working groups have some deliverables to deliver in 2021, uh, varying from uh, educational sessions uh, to the webinars, uh, to documentation uh, in the different working groups. But what we also are trying to do is to reach out to regions that uh, lack any supporting organizations or safety associations and uh, try to help them uh, establish those. So I would be a very happy camper if at the end of 2021 we have at least uh, supported uh, three different countries in the European area and uh, every working group uh, delivered on their promised deliverables. That's great. I love that vision and the executable plan. If you can get that done, you'll definitely make an impact. 
I do want to go back to one of the things that you had said about, you know, wanting people to come and to participate. And even if you're not a WEWJI uh, member, I do think it's really important for people in this industry to engage. And I was actually on a meeting with the Ausjet group in Australia and New Zealand, talking to them about the uh, their conference and expo that they're going to put on in March of 2021. And I got on my soapbox a little bit about the need to participate in this industry to make a difference. And I think it's so important for people to be, be members of these organizations and to participate and give their feedback and, and input and also learn from others. Uh, we just were part of a, um, a technology showcase with the Houston Business Roundtable in conjunction with the Houston Area Safety Council yesterday. And um, it was so great to see so many people working together to try to improve the industry. And, you know, while there's competitors on the call and competitors, you know, showcasing their technology and their equipment, it's all with the purpose of advancing the industry. And it really makes me proud that more people are showing up and engaging. And I know that you feel the same way too. So, you know, what are your thoughts? Like what's your message to people? Like why should you participate and why should you join the EWJI? Uh, the, I think, uh, first of all, uh, if you listen to your uh, heart and you are in this industry, you meet, you know that then there's a need for improvement. Uh, organizations like EWGI, but also GICC, WGTA, etc., are not creating additional benefits, profits, or whatever. It's to create a safe workplace for everybody. And the only way to have uh, influence and impact is to be proactive in that kind of organizations. Of course, if asset owners like Dow and other companies are willing uh, and driving that kind of uh, wish, uh, the service providers will follow because of course they, 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 they want to have the uh, customer happy. And if uh, the service providers are, of course they are requiring that kind of equipment to make the work possible. So it's a complete uh, chain, a uh, complete economical chain. And if, uh, especially on the asset owner side, uh, we take our responsibility and our role seriously, I think we can make that difference. And the, the rest of industry will follow. And so how does that tra translate to the, the direct benefit that people will get if they join the EWJI? So the EWGI, like I said, we are leveraging knowledge and experience. Uh, a lot of people uh, create benefit from that. Beside that, you have an open forum to this, to have open conversations with your, with your direct competitors without needing to think only about your own benefits, your own improvement. So th that helps. Uh, it creates the possibility, it's a large network of people who are sitting on the same table. Uh, that also helps to reach out uh, your own message, your own uh, yeah, input to this industry. So uh, it's a great place to network. Uh, we are spreading information. We are creating publications that help. 
And if you have questions or uh, if you want something to be done, the best way is to help lead the effort yourself. I love that, such a great message. All right, let's circle back to the broader industry. Um, what excites you most about the future of industrial cleaning? Uh, when I started, like we just mentioned uh, earlier, back in 2007-2008, when I entered the industry, uh, I, I came out of the automation space and I really had the idea I'm stacking, stepping back to the 1980s, to be honest. And the developments I've seen the last seven, eight years are enormous. The passion I see with people working on those improvements is it's great. I think working towards the future, we will leave more and more the, the technical level and entering more and more uh, everything around it. Uh, I was uh, a presenter at one of the projects that uh, I supported uh, within one of the European subsidized projects and a professor of robotics from the University of Trent uh, said, oil of uh, big data is a new oil saying that the value of big data is becoming so great. Uh, I think the same is for industrial cleaning. If we can showcase what additional value we are creating, not only by cleaning items, but the impact we are creating on the complete processes by the, the right type of cleaning, the, the right uh, moment of cleaning, uh, and all effects around it, uh, I think... Uh, we, we create a new wave of improvements besides, of course, like uh, mentioned, safety. And uh, if I cycle back only uh, to the region where I'm active, it's more and more difficult to get people available to perform the work. Uh, qualified uh, workers is getting really problematic. Uh, besides that, we are in a region in Europe where we have very high uh, requirements towards environmental and that makes it uh, difficult to compete with some regions where they still are on the path of improving that kind of uh, effects. And uh, a lot of installations uh, spoken as in a true asset owner are getting aged in Europe. So how are we going to uh, keep our advantage to the rest of the world. That's only by doing smarter, better, and uh, keeping all focus on efficiency, quality, safety, safety, again, safety, and sustainability. Yeah, I agree. I think that the that the involvement in asset owners is so critical, and it's really heartening to see so many more of these big multinational firms coming to the table and participating. And I do believe that it is the advancement of technology that is getting them to the table. And of course, COVID has sped that up as they're looking about, you know, how do I, how do I reduce my own costs? And how do I, you know, have people who are not part of my company, you know, in and out of my site as fast as possible. And, and, and so having, not only the, the advancement in the actual cleaning equipment, but the collection of data so that you can make better decisions. Um, the contractor can make better decisions, the asset owner can make better decisions, and then the, the manufacturer can continuously improve is so important. 
And, uh, and it's been really interesting to see even how fast it's sped up in the last six months due to COVID. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so why do you think people in our industry should care about the advancement of technology? Uh, the advantage, advantage of technology is not something you can stop. It's happening, so you, you have two choices be on the bandwagon or be left behind. Uh, besides that, if you're on the bandwagon, it's best to be uh, the driver than the follower. So uh, be in front of it and not behind it. That's the only thing I can say. Uh, I completely agree. I completely agree. We're not stopping the technology train, that's for sure. No. <laughs> All right, uh, to wrap things up, what's one takeaway that you want listeners to walk away with? Uh, I think the future is in your own hands. Uh, when I started uh, 13, 14 years ago at Dow, I never had a, the idea that I would be president of a European organization, which didn't exist at that moment. I never had the idea that I would be a global industrial cleaning coalition that supported the complete world. It's only possible to make such things if you take a lead in such uh, efforts and uh, gather yourself with uh, people with the, the same mindset and uh, the same drive that I think we can change this world. We really can. I agree with you completely. And I thank you so much for all of your contributions because without your, I think your drive and your passion and, um, and having the power of Dow behind you, you have single-handedly made uh, significant improvements here and brought people together. So, um, and I know that you, you know, it's a team effort and you believe that it takes all of us, but it, it's really been fun to watch you, you know, to really, to, to prove people wrong and to make such an impact and such an important impact. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how can people find you? Uh, people can find me uh, by my uh, email at my work, which is uh, hgborgt at dow.com. Uh, they can find me uh, through LinkedIn. Uh, just search for Hans Borg. Uh, I will try to make it more international. Hans Borg. <laughs> like <something laughs> that was good. That was really good. <laughs> And uh, the EWGI organization can be found www.ewgi.org. Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Hans. It was a pleasure to interview you. It, it, it was a pleasure to have this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hang tight, everybody. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Hans is such an inspiring person and uh, really has done so much for our industry. And, and I look forward for our continued partnership as, as we continue to make the, the industry safer and to advance technology. I hope you all have a wonderful and safe day. Take care. And I look forward to hosting you on the next episode of Industrial Theory.